Pilgrim's Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host, Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in and make sure to share this odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome friends to another episode of the Pilgrim's Odyssey. Silwan, it is Tuesday. The week we are celebrating the fact that we are all sojourners here, like a shadow. Our life goes by so fast, yet our future has eternity written on it. And how do we prepare? How do we prepare? How do we war against the things that war against our soul, against our body, against our family, against our community? How do we go deep? How do we battle physically, spiritually? As I mentioned yesterday, motivated by my dear wife, who is really into this sort of thing, I've been on a three-day fast. And by fast, I mean no food, water. It ends tonight. I've had some hard moments. The interesting thing is I've never really felt hungry, per se. You know, my, like stomach growling and bent over like oh I gotta eat but man the smell of food has been like this intoxicating thing and I just sit there and go man I just want an egg an egg would taste so good right now but it passed and then when it passed you felt a little bit lighter lighter my head definitely cleared up that was one thing I noticed like a lot of things that spin around in my brain kind of stopped and I was able to focus and see things a lot more clear my mouth feels clean I feel clean. Now, intrigued by the impact on my body physically, not eating for a few days, I wanted to research a little bit more what exactly, hopefully, is going on when you're doing that sort of thing. And I found this article in Forbes magazine. It was very interesting. And then I found a lot of other supporting articles and a lot of articles of just people who do this sort of thing that backed it up. But I wanted to pass this on to you because I think it really relates also to the power of spiritual fasting. So here's what this Forbes article said about the kind of fast that I'm on. The scientific study that my colleague told me about was published back in June by USC, USC's Walter Longo, who studies aging and longevity. In this paper, Longo and colleagues described remarkable metabolic changes that occurred as a result of prolonged fasting. They found that fasting for three days or longer, drinking only water, in eating less than 200 calories per day, I've had zero calories per day, can truly reset some components of your immune system. So by fasting, by denying your physical body, it actually allows it to reset components of your immune system. Now, they looked at mice and humans. A lot easier to do more tests on mice than humans, but they did them on both. And in both species, they found... Fasting lowered white blood cell counts, which in turn triggered the immune system to start producing new white blood cells. White blood cells are a key component of your body's immune system. So by fasting, your white blood cells lowered. I've seen other research that says they even get rid of the bad white blood cells, the ones that are old, the ones that aren't working properly. They eat them in a sense. And then your body automatically produces new white blood cells, the ones that keep you healthy, that fight cancer, that fight disease, that power your immune system. You get new ones. 
Longo's hypothesis is that fasting or starvation forces your body to recycle a lot of the immune cells that are not needed, which explains the drop in the white blood cell count. So you're getting rid of the bad ones or the unneeded ones or the damaged ones. Two of the key mechanisms are an enzyme called PKA and a hormone called IGF-1, both of which are reduced by fasting. Once you start eating again, your stem cells kick back into high gear to replenish the cells that were recycled. So, in a general sense, what do they suggest is going on when you deny yourself with food? Your body goes after the bad white blood cells first. And then when you start to eat again, when you're body is reset in a sense, it creates new white blood cells, which makes you healthier, stronger, more resistant to disease. I found another study where they had people going through chemotherapy go on a fast. And the study showed that those on a fast responded better to the chemotherapy. They were less sick. They had better results, a whole host of things. Now, that is the potential result from a physical fast. Why wouldn't a spiritual fast have the same impact? If denying our body for a few days can, in fact, result in it being stronger, in a way we've flushed out the bad stuff, and we're now replacing it with new good stuff, why wouldn't the same thing hold true for a spiritual fast? And instead of fasting from food... We fasted from all the unnecessary worldly things in our life, all the junk. Think of all the junk you put in your body physically with food, all the processed foods, all the candy, all the fast food, all the pop, all the sugar. That kind of becomes who you are. And then think what that does to you when you flush it all out. Well, the same thing spiritually. Think of all the things We put into our mind and soul on a daily basis all the images we see, all the things we hear, the internet, radio, magazines, gossip, running around, day after day, hour after hour, flooding our souls, flooding our mind with junk. Even if we live a pretty good life, just sitting there and watching the TV or sitting there and hearing other people, being out in the world. Think of what it does to our soul. Think think of all the junk that needs flushed out of all of us. And then imagine if we went on a spiritual fast, just like a physical fast. We forced ourselves to give up anything extraneous to our caring for ourselves and our family for a few days. Just a few days, maybe three days, maybe a weekend. You know, going on a retreat into the woods, the desert to a monastery, you know, make sure you don't bring the world with you. You do something like this, don't bring that phone. Don't bring that computer. Don't bring those magazines with flashy covers. You know, leave it all behind. Try not feeding your passions for a few days. See if the desires recede. No doubt, for some of that time, the desires will increase. But as you, in a sense, starve your soul of worldly things... I bet you'll have the same experience as I've had on this physical fast. What's interesting now on day three, even though I want to eat, I don't crave junk. The idea of fast food or cookies is disgusting. 
It's so weird. It's it's like literally the the idea of processed food seems disgusting to me. I I crave just base food. I want an egg. I want some cheese. I want a salad. Spiritually, the same thing happens. You deny yourself of worldly things for a few days. You get away from the world, and you'll start craving more than likely the good things. You'll crave the good things. It will allow you to focus on what is important. It's like a reset. Just like our bodies need a reset sometimes, so do our souls. And just like a physical fast shouldn't be a one-time thing, a spiritual fast should not be a one-time thing either. It's something you should do regularly. Maybe it's not an entire weekend where you deny yourself of anything that is worldly and you focus on prayer and family and faith. Maybe it's a one-day thing. Maybe it's something you do once a week. You know, in our church, we do it Wednesdays, Fridays. We have long fasts. You know, some of them last, last 30 days, 40 days. Now, they're not strict fasts where there's no food, but you definitely limit a lot of what you eat and what you do. Typically, they're spiritual and physical fasts. We accumulate garbage in our souls just like we do in our cells. And we need to periodically flush them out to see clearly and be more healthy. Some people, some Christians that I know are afraid of fast because they see it as legalism. They see it as something that's required for your salvation and you don't need that for your salvation. You just got Jesus. And they miss the point. You know, our faith should be more than just are we saved. Our faith should be how does it impact our daily lives? How does it help us live better? How, how does it help us live more like God wants us to live? And see, a fast is a tool. A fast is like going to the gym for your body. That's all it is. Now, one could argue all sorts of higher spiritual benefits of it, but at its very base core, that is exactly what a fast is. It is a way to flush out the junk and replace it with something good in order to see clearly, to live healthier, to be more focused on what is important. It's throughout the Bible. Going back to Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Now, I do not recommend 40 days without water. I don't recommend a day without water. But that's what it took for Moses to write the Ten Commandments. That's the power of the fast. That's a focus. Man, you, you do that for 40 days, the only thing sustaining you is God. And that's probably the state that God needed Moses in to give him something as timeless and holy as the Ten Commandments. He needed all the garbage flushed out. He needed Moses totally focused on God. And to do that, it took him 40 days and 40 nights. Just like later on in the good book, Jesus would spend 40 days and 40 nights. In Isaiah 58, verse 6, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to see the oppressed free and break every yoke? See, in this verse, it's not a physical fast. It's not a fast from food. It's a spiritual fast. It's how you're going to live. Instead of living my life in a worldly way, I am going to live my life to overcome injustice to do whatever I can to free my people, to set the oppressed free. Maybe that's your fast. Maybe you've been so focused on work and shuffling your family around that, that you haven't been focused on important things. And maybe that's what your fast needs to be. And I'm not saying those other things aren't important. 
But to go your whole life and not help the poor, to go your whole life and not help the oppressed, to go your whole life and not help those less than you, you're missing something. And maybe that's what you need to focus on. Then in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 37, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, 37, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. doesn't matter how old you are. It is never too late to focus on your faith, to practice the tools that allow us to be more of who we were meant to be, even if we're old. Even if we're old, just like Anna. There is always room, there is always space to focus more on God, and he's given us tools to do it. And two of the most powerful tools we have or prayer and fasting. One thing I noticed these last three days is how much easier it is just to open up a Bible and read it when your head's clear. When your stomach is empty, you're a little bit more focused and you sit there and you open up the Bible and you look at a verse and you read it and you don't have all the garbage in your head and all the junk in your body. How much easier it is to actually focus on Scripture, to pray on it, to meditate on it, to ask God to show you something and how it can impact your life. That's a beautiful thing. It's, it's moments like that that make our faith alive, that make the Bible alive, that give us hope, that makes our faith more than something that we just wear as a label, but that we actually live as sojourners on this earth. We are but a shadow. But in the light of Christ, it is eternity. And when you feel that way, life gets more focused. Every moment of every day becomes more important. And it's that kind of urgency of faith, a cleanliness of outlook on life, that a fast, both physically and spiritually, can do for you. Now, not, every, not everybody is up to a three-day no-food fast. Not everybody's up to a 24-hour fast. You know, when my, my wife likes to do these sort of intermittent fasts where you know, she doesn't eat for 16 hours, and then during eight hours, eats very, very healthy. And there's all sorts of resets and things it can do to your body. And I've seen the results in her. I've seen her sleep better. I've seen her skin clear up, seen the same thing in me. Same thing with prayer. You know, when at the end of the day we shut our door and we go in our bedroom and we open the Bible and we pray together, we're better. We're better. We're more patient and kind with each other. Things that normally upset us don't upset us as much. You know, when you focus on those things, when you fast a little from the world, from the fast food, you will see an impact. Maybe just give up fast food for the week. Maybe just identify an hour every day on your calendar where it's going to be nothing but just quiet in prayer. Whatever it is to you, this isn't a legalistic thing. It's not like you have to do it this way or it's no good. No, start where you can, but build up, aim high. You will see results. You will see clearly, and you will be better able to war against the things that war against our soul. Godspeed on your battle. Much strength. It is worth the fight, my friends. So until next time, aim high. Spread your wings and keep your eyes on the things that matter. Prepare yourself for battle with a fast, spiritually and physically, however you can. Myself and many others will be there right there with you. 
Need some inspiration? Open up the good book. You'll find tons of examples of fasting. And until tomorrow, where we talk more about the fact we are sojourners, we are in a fight. And how do we wage that war against the things that wage war against our soul? We'll talk more about it tomorrow on Wednesday. But until then, I am your host, Silwan. May your fasts bring you peace. You've been listening to The Pilgrim's Odyssey. Make sure you comment, share, and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine. For books, videos, and more content from me, your host, please visit Silouan.com. That is Silouan, S-I-L-O-U-A-N.com. Until your next visit on The Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green. Oh,